Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. So, so I'm just excited, and I'm just ready, y'all. This is summer. Guess what? This is not a time for us to start to take off. We're going to lean in a little more, all right? We're going to dive into the Word a little bit, and we're starting this new series called Legends. Everybody shout Legends. I love that. And so uh, I got two goals for this series right now. So this series, I believe, is going to be something that a lot of us, we know a lot of these characters that we're talking about, these people that actually lived uh, and actually literally uh, served God with all of their heart. Like, like we're going to actually talk about them, and you're probably going to be jogged with some memories of them, but I got two goals for this, is that one, we're really going to dive into studying the Bible together, really going to dive in, like we're going to read lots of lots of scripture, I want you to read this when you get home, I want you to go back and check it out, and then two, I really want you to leave this summer, I want you to leave encouraged that God wants to use you to make a difference, that God wants to take, you know what, I'm an ordinary guy, and, and there's ordinary guys and gals in this room, that God wants to use us, even though we may be ordinary, even though we may, you may not think that there's anything about you that is special, I want want you to know that there is and that God sees it and God wants to use it and God wants to use you and I just believe that this series is going to be awesome I'm all the way fired up so y'all just better get ready for today okay so so we're going to talk about um, a, a lot of scripture but the main scripture just kind of got me thinking around this idea of legends again when I think of legends I'm a sports guy so I go to sports legends right anybody else go to sports legends out there come on anybody okay just me in the room got it all right cool um uh, but like like we go to I go to sports legends right I think about my Michael Jordan, who is the greatest of all time when it comes to basketball, okay? Let's just clarify, just clear it up for all the LeBron James fans out there. Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time, okay? He's the legend, okay? He's the legend. I think about that. I think about guys that I grew up watching playing football. My favorite sports team, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith. Come on, somebody. Go Dallas Cowboys. I ain't had nothing to cheer for since that time, but that's okay. Uh, but I think about legends when it comes to that, we think about sports figures, maybe for you, there's legends in history that you look up to or whatever it might be, but I want to talk about some legends of the Bible that we're going to look at that I really do believe are going to encourage you, really going to believe that it's going to challenge you to just walk into what God has for you and how God wants to use you. And so uh, it really all comes from this main scripture from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and this is what that main scripture says. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to kind of just go back and talk through it for just a second. It's one verse. If you can handle one verse today, say, I'm, I can handle it. All right, we're going to start with one verse. It's kind of going to be our central theme for this entire message series, and then we're going to go through some more scripture together, all right? This is what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run. Somebody shout, run. I run with endurance the race that God has set before us. See, I love Hebrews chapter 12. And I, I just want to take it just kind of almost word for word here for just a second. Just kind of exegetically talk about it. Uh, this word at the very beginning is the word therefore. Somebody shout therefore. therefore. All right, when you see that word, when you're studying the Bible, I want you to ask the question, what is it therefore? Come on, somebody, right? Therefore, what is it therefore? you got to understand that the word therefore 
is connecting what you just what just came right before this to what you're reading right after this, okay? So as we're asking that, therefore, okay, so there's something that has taken place right before this that we got to take note of, that we have to understand what it says. And so if you go back a chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, see, you need to understand that when the Bible was originally written, it wasn't written in chapter and verse form. It was written in one manuscript all the way down, and just for us so we could learn and we could find it a little bit easier, concordance kind of was made to where there was chapters and verses put together. And so you got to read this as if chapter 11 is just an extension into chapter 12, right? And so if you go and read chapter 11, what you'll find is that there's some legends of the faith in chapter 11, right? That the, a lot of scholars, a lot of people call Hebrews chapter 11 the hall of faith. Come on, somebody, right? That's what it's called. And, and I just got to thinking, man, there's some legends when you begin to read Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to talk about a few of them over the next five weeks together. Legends that you see in Hebrews chapter 11 that God wants to use to encourage you that you can make a difference, that God wants to use you. And so again, you... Uh, it says, therefore. So, so you got to understand, go back to Hebrews 11. It's there for the fact that it's the hall of faith. Legends are being called out. And what Hebrews 12.1 does, what it does right here for you and I, is it ties all of these great legends of the faith, these legends of the Bible that we study about, it ties them to you and me. And it says this, and we are surrounded, therefore, because of their faith, because of what they've done, you and I are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. See, what you need to realize, what I need to realize, that you and I are in a race, that you and I are in a game called life. Tap your neighbor say, you better get in the game. Go ahead. There you go. Come on. We have friendly church. Talk to your neighbor around you. Right? You're in the game. So you need to understand that, everybody. You, you are in the game. And I don't know if you're like me. Has anybody ever imagined being in the big game before? Come on, all of us guys do it every time we throw away a trash, like every time we throw away a piece of paper in a trash can. Come on, somebody. Five, ooh, four, three, two, he shoots, he scores. You know, like, like we do that every time, right? Like we got, the crowd goes wild. I do that every time. Like yesterday our kids were flipping bottles, and I was like, not in my house. You know, like I was, it was awesome. I, like, like, I was, I was swatting stuff because I was in the game, you know what I'm saying? I was in it, and I think about that a, a lot of times that a lot of us can picture ourselves in the big game. I want us to begin to understand that we're in this game called life. You and I are in this game that, that God has called us to be in this race, and when the Bible, and what the Bible's trying to say, according to this right here, is that there's people that have been in the race before, there's people that have gone before us in this faith journey that are now in the stands, and they're cheering you and I on. But they're, they're saying, hey, you guys, man, listen, by faith I did it, you can do it too. By faith I did that. And watch what the Bible goes on to say. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. You know what the Bible's telling us right there? The Bible is telling us that this life of faith, guess what? It's hard. It's tough. It's not going to be easy. And, and the devil's job is to keep you and I from ever being successful at this race. Watch what it says, let's strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily traps or trips us up. And watch what it says, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And if you can just for imagine just for just a second that you and I are on this racetrack of life and we're running around, and if you can imagine this crowd full of people, the stands are full of people that have gone before us, that, are, that, are, that have followed God with all of their faith and all their might, and they're cheering us on. If you can just imagine for just a second, whenever the crowd is loud, you can't pick out any individual voices, right? It's usually a big crowd. It's a, ah, 
Like you hear all of that. And so what I want to do over the next couple weeks is what if we took from Hebrews chapter 11 some of those people from the crowd of witnesses, the people that have gone before us in the faith, and we brought them out of the stands and onto the track and had them just encourage you and I with some things along the way when it comes to faith. Like if we could pull some of these guys and gals out of the stands and the guy that we're going to pull out of the stands today is this guy named Noah. Everybody shout Noah. Tap your neighbor and say, what you know about Noah? Come on, somebody. All right. Sorry. That's a dad joke. Sorry, that's a dad joke. I shouldn't have said that. Um, but, but I want us to know that we're gonna, what we're going to do, what we're going to try and do today and over the next couple of weeks is have those people come out of the stands one by one and encourage you in your faith, encourage you in your journey. So I'm telling you, bring some people with you. Be here next week. Do not miss a week of this because I think God is going to encourage you, challenge you in your faith. And so, again, who is this guy named Noah? How many of y'all have ever seen Evan Almighty? Come on, somebody, right? That's where a lot of us think of and where we find our uh, depiction of Noah um, is the guy from the office. I forget his name, Steve Carell, as like the dude that is Noah. You know what I'm saying? So, so like that's where a lot of us kind of know the story of Noah, and that's okay. But I want us to understand, just go back to Hebrews chapter 11, and there is like a one-sentence thing on this guy named Noah. If you don't know who he is, this is what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7 says. It says this, it was by faith. That Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. And by his faith, somebody say faith. faith. Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by See, what I want us to understand and what I want us to know, if Noah could come out of the stands and he could begin to encourage you from this huge crowd of witnesses that have gone before us, if he could jump on the track of life that you and I are running on, this race of faith, if he can encourage some of us in this place, I think he would encourage us by saying this. Write this down. It's this idea that just when you think your life doesn't count, one person can make a difference. I think Noah would step out of the stands and say, you know what, you may not think that you have anything to offer, you may not think that there's anything good in your life, but guess what, one person can make a difference. See, this message today is going to be for anybody who thinks that their life does not count. Right? You may be thinking, okay, Dustin, that's good for you, yeah, you're doing a lot, that's good, but not for me. Like, you, you may be gifted, you may be called, but not me. Or, 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 man, I had a call on my life at one time. Or I had a gifting that I used for a little bit, but I've done too much. Or I'm too old. God could never use me, and this message is for you today. And God wants to use you. And I think if Noah could come onto the track and he could tell us one thing just to start is that your life matters, and God wants to use you to make a difference. I believe that with all of my heart. Even if you go back to where the original story of Noah starts and where we tar- start picking it up, hearing about this guy named Noah... It's in Genesis chapter 6, and we'll talk a little bit more about the backstory for Noah right here in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. Genesis is the first book of the Older Testament, and I want us to see that all the way back. He's 10 descendants, 10 generations from the first man and woman named Adam. Okay, so like this is 10 generations down the road. We've got Noah showing up on the scene, and Noah's about 500 years old. Come on, somebody. That's old somebody, okay? That's old, okay? 500. And you may be thinking, oh my goodness, that sounds kind of fairy tale. It's not. I believe what the Word of God has to say. 
I believe that, that again, when, when there wasn't a lot of sin, when there wasn't a lot of sickness that had crushed this world, that meant people were able to live a lot longer, right? Just kind of believe that. And, and we see in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, it says this about this guy named Noah. It says that the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything that they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Sounds kind of familiar, don't it? Right? Kind of sounds familiar with the world that we're kind of living in right now. So the Lord was sorry that he ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I'll wipe the human race I've created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry that I ever made them. And I know that that's hard for us to hear, and I don't want to try to explain all of it because I don't understand it all. But I know a lot of times, you know, we would rather hear an encouraging message that he's for you, right? He loves you, right? We, we, and we could do that. And it's very true, right? He wants to bless you, okay? Like he wants to do all those things. All of that is very true. But at the same time, in yours and my life, there should be another motivation for us to get our lives right with God. You know what that is? That's the day of judgment. There's coming a day where we have to give an account for everything that happened in our life. But what I love about the fact is that Noah, in the midst of all of that, watch what the Bible says in verse 8. Noah found favor with the Lord. And Noah found favor with the Lord. And this is what I want us to be motivated by. I think Noah would come along and say, hey, I want you to know I believe one person can make a difference because I did. I think Noah would say, you know what, my world that I was living in was in bad shape. The outlook was not good. It was bleak. But there was one person I think that we could concentrate on with Noah. There was one person who said yes to the things of God. And it made all the difference in the world. And let me tell you why I want to share this with our church in the middle of the summer. Is my fear is that we are going to go through life as a church or as a people not thinking this way. Not thinking like, oh, okay, we're not going to add to the wickedness. But we're going to just point our fingers out there and say, look at all that stuff that's going on. We're not going to add to it, but we're not going to do anything about it either. And we think, you know, sometimes in life what happens is I'm just going to get through. I'm just going to go through it. I'm going to get my own. I'm going to finish my own race. It's all about me. And my heart is for us as a church, if we are not careful, we can make this life and this church all about you and me. We can make it all about us. But I want you and I to know that our life is not about us. And that God sees you, but God wants to use you to make a difference outside of these four walls. If we believe that, can we give him a big shout of praise in this place? So here's what I want you to know. You can make a difference. If one person can make a difference, where, do you, where can you make a difference? Write this down. You can make a difference in your family. In your family. You can make a difference in your family. Look at the life of Noah. He made a difference in his family. Look at Genesis Chapter 7, verse 1, you can make a difference in your family because Noah made a difference in his family. When everything was ready, right, you got to understand it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. Come on, that's a long time, okay? Like that is a long time, 120 years to build the ark. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, go into the boat with all of your family. For among all the people of the earth, I can see that you alone, somebody say you alone, you alone all right, to see what I want us to understand right there. It didn't say that Moses's, or Noah's family was, was righteous. It said that Noah alone was righteous. See, what I want us to get, what I want us to understand is that when you say yes to the things of God, it makes a difference in the people around you. See, what happens is, and whether we like it or not, you got to realize that our life, my life, 
Your life is affecting everybody that is close to you for the good or the bad. Okay? One way or another, for the good or the bad. And my job as your pastor is to stir you up in a way to where you live your life that is impacting the people that are around you for the gospel. Let me take it to the New Testament with a verse I'm going to share with you. Acts chapter 16, verse 31. This is what the Bible says. Right here it says that they, they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Watch this. Along with everyone in your household. And I think there's so many people that take this verse out of context. They say, you know what, if I get, what's that mean, Dustin? If I give my life to Jesus, then my whole house is saved? That is not what that means. It's not what that means. I want you to understand you got to dig in a little bit deeper. I heard Pastor Chris Hodges speak on this one time, this word, and it's called the word, it's a Greek word called oikos, O-I-K-O-S. Come on, y'all, going to Greek class today, okay? O-I-K-O-S, oikos. Which, which that's, that's what this word, what I really want you to understand. It doesn't mean household necessarily. What it means is that you will impact the sphere of influence around you. So what that really would read like is this idea that if you believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, watch what happens. Your salvation should impact your sphere of influence or the people that are closest to you. Your neighbors, your co-workers, the person in the cubicle over, that classmate, your friends, your family. I would say it like this, that Jesus on the inside makes a difference on the outside. That people should know that you are different by the way that you live because of Jesus on the inside of you and me. I don't care what kind of sphere of influence that you may have or where God has called you to go. That your salvation is not just about you. Yes, it's personal between you and God, but it should make a difference in the people around you. Like the Bible even tells us, let your light shine before all people so that they may see your good works and then do what? Glorify God the Father because of it. So I want to encourage you, like, let, let your light shine before all people. That Jesus on the inside makes a difference on the outside. And I want us to begin to think like this when it comes to anybody that's calling Purpose Church home. See, you need to know that you are called by God. And my job, again, man, is just to stir it up on the inside of you, to go out and let's make a difference together. Let's make a difference for Jesus in the people that are closest to us. And I always say it like this. I want to help be a part of that solution. Our church wants to help be a part of that solution. I want to help teach you how to be able to share your story, how to be able to share like what, what God has done in your own life, right? how he's forgiven you. But also, I want to be a church that you can feel comfortable bringing somebody with you to church. And if you don't feel comfortable sharing your faith right now, we're going to teach you to do that. We're going to connect you to how, how you can do all of that and begin to help you uh, be able to share your story with other people. But at the same time, I would encourage you to start bringing people with you to church. Maybe you don't know how to share your faith. Here's what I'm going to encourage you to do, and I'll say it a lot, is that a couple times a year we're going to say, hey, you know what? You need to have somebody sitting next to you that does not know Jesus. You need to have somebody sitting next to you that, again, on that Sunday that you bring them for the first time, like you're real nervous. You know why? Because you're hoping, Lord Jesus, I hope they sing the song, my song that they sing today. Come on, somebody, right? I, oh, my goodness. I, I, I hope Dustin's all right. I hope he's funny. I hope he like makes it. I hope it's good today, right? And you're real nervous, and you kind of become anxious a little bit, but you need somebody sitting next to you. You need to know what that oikos, that closeness of a person sitting next to you that you have influence with, that, that's in this place with you. And I'll, I'll tell you, hey, at least two Sundays a year you need to do that. Have somebody with you right next to you. 
And someone who's far from God, someone that's unchurched, have, just get them here. We'll give them a message of the gospel and of hope. And Jesus will save them and set them free. And again, I always say it like this. I'll say, hey, at the end of service, when I say bow your heads and close your eyes, I'm going to give you permission. If you got somebody sitting next to you, to keep one eye open like this. All right? Just like this. Okay? Keep one eye open. And you, 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 again, when I just say, hey, 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 does anybody need to respond to the gospel today? Does anybody need to say yes to the love that Jesus has for them today? And you never know that person that you brought with you, man, they slip their hand up or they get up to have a conversation with somebody else. And the next thing you know, tears start running down their face. Tears start running down your face. And you are so excited because guess what? You took that oikos, that influence of your sphere around you, and Jesus on the inside made a difference on the outside. And I'm telling you, it's one of the most rewarding things. You need that in your life sometime in your life. So I'm going to encourage you, don't wait till fall. Start this summer. Let's do that this summer. And I, I want to just tell you guys a quick story about a gal that was invited to our church last Sunday. I want to read it to you. She made a post on social media. She was invited by a friend to be here. This is what she had to say. She said, I have a testimony to tell when I was at my new church today. I felt a tear in my eye. Then I heard a voice telling me it's not too late. That it's okay to get my faith back and to get right with God. I was led to the front of a crowded church where I only knew a couple of people and have never capitalized, been before, okay? I have gave my life back to God and placed him back in my heart and life. And I promise y'all I'm not perfect and I make mistakes, but there isn't another loving God out there besides my Father who loves me, forgives me, and holds me when I feel nothing else is going to go right for me. This lady says, I'm an ex-drug addict, and I've been clean for eight years, and I'm also a person who just recently wanted to die by suicide, but today all of that changed. My God in heaven is always going to shield me and guide me through anything. I want to say thank you to this person that invited me, this girl's name. Thank you for being a beautiful soul and friend to help me with today, because I never thought I would have been saved in the first place, and with Jesus, and I finally got to regain my life back and be happy and blessed and humbled for the first time in a long time. Well, I'm going to end this with a prayer for you all as I close my eyes tonight. God bless and remember it's never too late to change. Come on. Somebody using their oikos to say, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm going to make a difference in the people that are around me. I love that. I love that, y'all. Listen, that's, that's what it's about. That, that this girl was able to use her oikos, her sphere of influence to say, you know what? Hey, I may not be able to explain it to you, but come sit next to me. Come be a part of what God is doing, and we'll do the very best that we can as a church to honor that and steward that and preach the gospel and watch as Jesus does the changing. I love that so much. That that message this week fired me up. I hope it fired you up. And so what I'm going to try and challenge you and I to do is walk out of these doors today saying, you know what? I'm going to live my life in a way where it impacts other people for the sake of the gospel. And I think that starts with our oikos, the people closest to us, our sphere of influence. Number two, you can make a difference in this generation. In this generation. And when I say this word generation, I mean the time and place that you and I live, right? Meaning that, that we have an assignment, that we have a responsibility to this generation instead of you and I 
looking around at our world like Noah could have done, like you and I can do, and standing off and thinking, OMG, this thing is going to hell in a handbasket, right? I look at what's going on, like, oh my gosh, there's no way there's any. Listen, instead of us seeing an obstacle, I see an opportunity. And I just believe that, you know what we are called to do as Purpose Church and as individuals that make up Purpose Church is that we are not going to stop until Murray, Kentucky looks like Jesus. And I'm just going to tell you that's the vision of this church, that this place, as long as there's uh, people far from God, as long as there's people that don't have a relationship with Jesus, we will not stop. We will not shut the door. We will not back down to what culture is saying. No, we will step up in the middle of it and say, you know what, we are going to be a part of making a difference in this generation. If anybody believes that, Come on, can we give God a big shout of praise in this place? I, be- I told y'all I was fired up today. Y'all just get ready, all right? Gonna stir your faith up today. Come on, like, because what I see church being a lot of times is that what Satan loves to do is take you and I and put our focus on us and say, it's all about me, it's all about us, and, and we forget about what we were called to do. And sometimes I think church should look more like a halftime pep rally in the locker room uh, than, than sometimes what church may look like, is that we all come together and we're reminded of the faithfulness that God had for me. Hey, remember who we were, remember who I was before Jesus, and then, hey, you know what? Come on, one, two, three, break. Let's go outside of these four walls, and let's make a difference in this generation. And so many times what it does, though, we get so focused on my what, what's close close to me that I forget about the people that are out there. I think about it, I mean, how many of y'all have glasses or contacts in the room? Come on, wave at me in this place. All of us do, right? Everybody. Okay, I'm like really blind. If I happen to take my contacts out, I am like silly blind, okay? I'm like negative 8.5 in both my eyes, legally blind. Like my glasses are as thick as the front doors in this place, okay? Like, like it's terrible. And so I think about that when I don't have my glasses on, um, I, like I, it's, it's pretty bad, right? I remember going when I was in third grade, I got my first pair of glasses and I remember going to the doctor, and they're saying, hey, Dustin, you are, you're nearsighted. I'm like, no, I can't see. I can see near. I can't see far. Come on. Anybody ever confused by that? Like, nearsighted, far? What does that even mean? Like, it's the only occupation in health that, like, you call it by something that you are not, okay? <laughs> nearsighted. No, no, I can't see far. I can see near. Okay, whatever. Um, they didn't ask me, thank God, okay? But, like, I can imagine for just a second when I take my contacts out of my glasses, if I'm close enough to something, everything right here is in good focus, right? Everything right here in my sphere, everything that's going on, if I took my contacts out right now, I could probably, literally, I'd have to be about this close, but I would probably be able to see my notes pretty clear, my computer, my Bible, and my world right here would be really clear. But what I believe God is calling you and I to do, and what happens is, is we get so focused on what is right here that we take our eyes and our vision off of what God is calling us to go out and make a difference. And so I just believe that God... This summer, God is calling you and I to put on some glasses of faith, put on some contact lenses of faith and say, you know what? God is calling me to use the faith that I have, the the, the relationship I have with Jesus to go out and make a difference today. I believe that in Acts chapter 13, verse 36 says this, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, right? God has placed you in this generation for a reason. I think you need to understand that God could have dropped you in any generation all along in history, but you are here. Your heart is beating, your blood is pumping, and God wants to use you to make a difference in this generation. Number three, he not only wants you to make a difference in the people that are closest to you, your family, your sphere of influence, your oikos. He wants you to make a difference in this generation. And again, most importantly, and the whole reason why we're making a difference is for God. It's for God. That you can make a difference for God. 
And I bring this to the table because I want you to understand that God is searching for somebody to use. That God is looking. Wouldn't it be incredible if about five, six hundred of us today said, you know what, all right, God, you can count on me. God, you can count on me that my faith is not going to stop whenever I step out of these doors, but, man, I'm going to do whatever I can to make a difference for you wherever you call me to go, in my job, in my family, in my workplace. I'm going to do that. I'm enlisting today. Look at what the Bible has to say in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. This is what the Bible says. It says that the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. So God is looking for somebody to use. God is looking for somebody to empower. God is looking for somebody to be an avenue to where they can share the love that He has for them. I love what this also says in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. We're going some Old Testament today. I love that because the principles are so solid there. Right? Look at some of the things it says. Say, I look for someone, this is God talking, who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy so that day of judgment necessarily wouldn't have to be coming so soon. But I found no one. See, this is what God is looking for. God is looking for someone to make a difference. I love how Jesus said it. Jesus said, you know what? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I just want to just stir it up on the inside of us today that there's some workers that maybe you've been sitting on the sidelines for far too long that God is calling you into the game, calling you into the race to say, you know what, my job is to make a difference. That I've got Jesus on the inside, it should show on the outside. I just want to honor some people uh, in this place today because I want to just shout out the Purpose Church serve team. Don't you love the serve team at Purpose Church? Come on, don't you love our park team? Whenever somebody's pulling in, it's raining, nasty, yet they're still out there serving and doing whatever. Man, when we were portable, loading in and loading out, setting everything up, all these chairs would have to go in a trailer, but they had to come out of a trailer. And man, for years people said, yes, I'm going to say yes to doing that because I want to make a difference for God. I want to, I want to put myself in a, in a sphere, in a place where, I, hey, you know what? God can be glorified that, that it's going to preach Jesus and we're going to watch Jesus do the incredible thing. Our Purpose Kids team, everybody that is on the, uh, the Purpose Church serve team, I just want to tell you, thank you for being willing to say, you know what? I want to make a difference for God. And maybe you've not jumped on the serve team just yet. Let me encourage you, June 5th, come to next. Be a part of next, June the 5th. Discover how God wants to use you to make an impact, not just in this church, but as you leave this church uh, every single week. All right? I got two things and I'm done. Noah's words of encouragement would be this. If he could give us just a couple quick things. He's on the track to us. Obviously, he's told us that you can make a difference in your family, that you can make a difference in your generation, that you can make a difference for God. A couple of those quick phrases I think he would show and tell you and I would be this idea. Don't be afraid to stand out. And Noah would tell you and I, don't be afraid to stand out. See, what I think sometimes in order for you and I to make a difference, you have to be different. I'm going to say it again because about three of you got it, all right? In order to make a difference, you actually have to be different. And so you and I cannot live as the rest of the world lives and make a difference. That there's going to have to be a difference in the way that we live, in the way that we talk, in the way that we address problems, in the way that we love people, in the way that we look at different things. And we have to say, you know what, i got to live differently if I'm going to make a difference. And what Noah would tell you is don't be afraid to stand out in a crowd. Don't be afraid to stand out in a crowd because guess what? This guy stood out because there was it had never, ever rained before. Come on, right? It never rained. And yet here he is building a big old boat. All right, and taking him 120 years to do it. 
Okay, like can you imagine year 87? Woof. No rain, you know? Like can you imagine for just a second? But Noah was not afraid to stand out. I love that about Noah, and I would just challenge some of you, don't be afraid to stand out in the crowd. Listen, there's a few uh, just areas I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to lean in on when it comes to you and your life. Is that, hey, don't be afraid to stand out when people around you are doing things that you know displeases God. Don't be afraid to stand out and say, you know what, I can't be a part of that. Don't be afraid to stand out in the crowd when everybody else is at the party and they're doing this certain thing. And you say, you know what, no, 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 that's not what I'm supposed to do. Don't be afraid to stand out when you're at a movie and it's a whole lot worse than you thought it was going to be. Uh, and they're doing all kinds of stuff that you know is just not God honoring. And don't be afraid to stand up and say, you know what, you're in that position where you say, oh, do I stay, do I go? Don't be afraid to go. Don't be afraid to say, no, 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 I, I, I'm not going to do that. Don't be afraid that when somebody calls you up and wants to gossip about somebody else, you say, hey, no, 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 let's not, let's not talk about that. I can't be a part of that today. Can't be a part of it. Don't, don't be afraid to stand out when you're pressured on the job to cut a corner and say, you know what, this is going to be helpful for everybody. But if you know it's unethical, don't be afraid to stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing, even in the midst of the wrong company, even in the midst of the wrong place. I just want to challenge all of us to do that. Proverbs 29 verse 25 says this, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. It's hard to live righteously in an unrighteous environment, and we're living in it, but never get tired of doing the right thing, even if it causes you to stand out, doing the godly thing, doing the thing that God has called you to. And the last thing I'm going to tell you about is this idea, don't be afraid to take the first step. I think Noah would tell you and I that, don't be afraid to take the first step. See, chances are when God asks you to do something, when God is, is going to put on your heart, when the Holy Spirit's going to tell you, hey, you need to do this, I'm, I'm asking you to do this, chances are He's going to ask you to do something pretty unreasonable, right? He's going to ask you to do something maybe uncomfortable, maybe something that you've never done before, but here's my heart for you and I today. Be more okay with obeying God than you are for looking foolish. Be okay, more okay with obeying God. Like, I'm going to do whatever it takes, even as silly as it may make me look. Noah did. Think about the life of Noah. He looks silly year 87. He looks silly year 119. And yet he was faithful to what God had called him to do. And he said, you know what, God? I heard you say it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep doing it until you tell me to do something different. And I just today want to encourage your faith today. I want to strengthen your faith today. I want to challenge you today. Guess what? God wants to use you to make a difference. Never let, well, it's just never been done, prevent you from saying yes to what God has told you to do. I just want to challenge you with that. I think about just a few years ago when we were planting Purpose Church. I think about this, what I see now with you guys in this room and just the people that are involved with Purpose Church. And, man, we didn't have any idea what it was going to look like. Right, and I, I remember being scared and nervous, and okay, like this is this is crazy. I don't know if you're calling. I know you're calling us to this, Lord, but I I don't know. This may be a little weird. This may be a little crazy. I don't I don't really know what you're what you're about to do. I'm nervous. I'm scared, and I just remember saying, you know what, God, you've asked me to do it, so we're gonna say yes to you doing it. As as uncomfortable as it may be, as much as it may make it stand out a little bit, as much as it may be uh, scary to take that first step, I want to encourage somebody in this room, take the first step today. Take it today. I, I don't know where you are, but don't be afraid to take the first step that God is always requiring a leap of faith. Look at, look at Hebrews eleven seven. 7. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family. 
You go through there and you'll see it. It says, by faith he condemned Noah, condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. And I think this is kind of the moment where I, I want to just press in on some of you real quick. And it's not going to be a note-taking spot, but I want you just to just listen to the Holy Spirit right now. Because I believe he's talking to you and wants to encourage you. And maybe somebody today, maybe this is the first step that you need to take. Hear me out. Look at me. Maybe that first step that you need to take today, that you need to listen to the Holy Spirit, is this, 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 this phrase, don't quit. Maybe you need to hear, step up. Maybe you need to hear, take the risk. Maybe you need to hear, apologize now. Maybe, maybe you need to hear, get some help. Maybe you need to hear, slow down. Maybe you need to hear, pick up the phone and call them. Maybe you need to hear start today. I don't know what it is that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, but don't be afraid to take the first step. Don't be afraid. And this is the last thing I'm going to tell you, Noah's story. If you know anything about the story, obviously everything was wiped out of the Noah and his family and two by two, the animals on the boat. And, and, and as all the, the water begins to recede, there's a promise that God made. And it's the rainbow that you put in the sky. And that rainbow, you know what it should be for you and I? The rainbow should be a reminder that one person can make a difference when they say yes to God. A rainbow is a promise that says, you know what? I, I promised Noah that I would never flood. The, this is God. I'm putting a rainbow in the sky to promise that I will never flood the earth and destroy the earth with water again. And what it is a reminder to a lot of us in this place is on days when you feel like you want to give up, just remember the promise of the rainbow. Remember the promise that God said he would never leave you, he would never forsake you. And I love what Jesus said right before he ascended to heaven, Matthew 28, verse 20. And be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That you are not alone, that you are not by yourself, that God loves you, that he cares about you, and he wants a relationship with you. Come on, if we believe that, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise in this place? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask everybody, as quietly as you can, just bow your heads and close your eyes. As quietly as you can, no moving around. I'm going to ask, maybe you're in this place, and you say, hey, I need a relationship with Jesus. And here's the thing. You, you can't make a real difference until your life is different, until your heart is different. And Jesus is saying today, he's wanting to encourage you. He's wanting you to know that, you know what, he loves you and wants a relationship with you. Maybe you're in this place and you say, hey, I need a relationship with Jesus. I've never said yes to you, him. I've never said yes to a relationship with Christ. Here again is the gospel in about 30 seconds. Is that you and I were far from God. That our sin, just like the world that Noah grew up in, that was living in, is sin and my sin. It, it, it separated us from God. And what I think a, a lot of us need to understand is that sin caused the separation. And there's this huge gap between us and God. But what I love about Jesus and what I'm so thankful for is that Jesus saw us even in our sin. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that even while we were sinning, Christ came and died for us. And that's, that's the gospel. The gospel is this, is that if you will put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you'll say yes to Jesus, if you'll say yes to a relationship, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says that you and I will be saved. Maybe you're in here, and today you need to be different. Your heart needs to be different. You need to give your heart and life to Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to pray something like this. I'm going to ask you to pray. It can be word for word, but I want you to mean it in your heart. 
And I want you to say something like this. Dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? I put my faith in you. I trust that you died on the cross. I trust that you gave your life for me. And I believe they put you in a tomb. And I believe that you got out of the grave. And today, I put my full trust in you. I ask you to save me. Now help me live for you from this day forward. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're listening on the podcast. Maybe you're in this room and you just prayed to receive Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do something that is going to be kind of crazy, going to be kind of uh, just um, a little bit uncomfortable for some of us, but I want you to respond to it. And maybe you're here and, and maybe they, they, uh, you have just prayed to receive Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to ask, would you just raise your hand and, and just say, hey, you know what? I just prayed to receive Jesus. I just prayed to receive Jesus. On the count of three, I'm going to ask if that's you. One, two, three. Just raise your hand. You can drop it back down. Awesome. Awesome. Well, maybe you're in here and you just prayed to receive Jesus. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you just raise your hand and say, hey, you know what, that's me. I'm going to ask you to do something. we got some incredible people on either side of this stage that would love to host you, love to let you know that, man, we got a Bible for you, that we have uh, just a, an incredible, like, you know, we got some next steps for you. You're probably wondering, what in the world do I do now? Well, we've got some incredible people that would love to just help you with those next steps. And so maybe that, that you just raised your hand to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, our serve team is going to begin to move. We've got our usher team that's going to be getting ready for our offerings and, and, and tithes in just a second. But I just want to tell you, if that's you and you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, I would love it if you would come tell some of our friends up here at the front that you just made that decision. And if that's not comfortable for you, I would ask that you would just text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. Just text PURPOSE. If that's a little, little while for it, we're going to follow up with you this week. We would love to do that. So on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to move. One, two, three. Would you move? Our serve team moving. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And again, if that, that, that you don't know these people up here and you, you know, you're like, ah, I'm not sure, would you let somebody know? You let us know by texting the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. Well, awesome. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.